Sorry about that. It was muted. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to season three of the podcast. Today we have Sean Barksdale, but I wanted to just show you something really cool that I just had done. Um, it's our new intro video by Skylar Beavers. He is a son of Carrie Beavers, who is the owner of Soldier Girls Coffee. So let's do this. Okay, stop sharing. Oh my gosh, give me one second. Ah. All right, so technical difficulties, but you know what? It just happens. So we're just going to roll with it. Anyway, entrepreneurship. Thanks to Skylar Beavers for my new video. I'll figure out how to do all the fancy stuff later on. But thank you, Sean, for being here. So he has a story that I can't wait for you to hear. But also, I have to promote this for our friend Lisa Kip. We are both in this book with, there's 50 of us. 50 of us that she put together to share our stories on disrupting your now. So go to lisakipsbrown.com and get that book so you can read about the both of us. But Thank you, Sean, for being on here again. Uh, I'm so glad we were able to reconnect. I think we've been trying to do this for a while, and then life gets in the way. I forget to check messages. Absolutely. Thank you for your patience. (laughs) No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. So, okay, let's get into this. You have a remarkable story. Thank you. And I don't even know where to begin. So let, let's just talk about you growing up. How did that go? Growing up, my uh, parents, they were high school sweethearts, ended up getting married when, you know, back, back in the day, they were 17, got the consent of the parents and, you know, got married. And a couple of years later, they had me, right? And, uh, only child, didn't have any other children, uh, my mother, a very passive lady, my father, very aggressive uh, man. And he um, started to dibble and dabble, you know, in drugs. Uh, he was in the military himself. We moved around. You know, I remember being young, living in Oklahoma, Philadelphia, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, places like that, very young. And, um, you know, being young like that, you don't really understand what your parents are doing, you know, when you see certain things or the traumas that it may cause early on. But I just saw different things. And uh, my father ended up uh, being incarcerated when I was around four years old. So we ended up moving to Virginia uh, back with my mother's parents and uh, my great grandparents. So when my father out the picture, my great grandfather really stepped in and took on that father figure. I was the first, you know, 
grandchild, great grandchild. So they just really took me under their wing. And, you know, he taught me how to fish and hunt and, you know, till the soil, all, all types of stuff. And um, I got a lot of knowledge from uh, him and a lot of knowledge from the women in my family. Of course, I felt a void with my father not being there, uh, but I felt loved. Uh, I knew that I was loved and I was gaining this foundation. He passed away when I was probably around um, nine. And that just put a shift in a void in me. And, that, and I was like, you know, I didn't understand how I was feeling. And I didn't have another man because my grandfather, you know, back in the day, you work a lot. And, um, you know, my grandmother's raising me. My mother's trying to find her way, so on and so forth. And. Honestly, I felt that void and there was nothing to fill it, right? So I started to act out as most children do, not knowing why I act out, um, what I was acting out for, because I, I miss my father. I know that now being older, a lot older. <laughs> so, <laughs> so moving forward, I started to get into the street, my mother working, you know, trying to provide a way for me getting into the street more and more and more and more, getting in trouble here, hanging out with the wrong people, doing the wrong thing. Wasn't a bad kid, just a misdirected, misguided kid. And I found myself starting to get in trouble with the law, uh, found myself going deeper and deeper. And at the age of 23 years old, I found myself doing 15 years in prison with a brand new baby on the way. And I didn't see any way out. Didn't see a future. It was very bleak. You know, like I say, miseducated, didn't have any education going into prison. And while I was there, I knew I had to change my heart. I had to change my mind. I did. I started to educate myself, you know, GED and uh, took college courses. And, you know, my little girls growing up with me in this situation. And I changed I changed how I thought, I changed how I looked at the world instead of, instead of going from a blameworthy uh, look on life, like, oh, you owe me this and this happened because I didn't have this, I didn't have my father and blamed everybody. I started taking responsibility and my life changed. I, I got a lot of trades and one of the last trades that I received was graphics communications, where I learned how to uh, run printing presses, offset printing presses, uh, screen printing, uh, um, uh, 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 book design, things of that nature. And when I came home, that's what I did. I started working in a print shop and I worked there, loved it, great benefits, great people. And I found myself uh, two years in and my my uh, supervisor came back there one day and he says, hey, we're cleaning everything. We, everything that we don't need, we're throwing it out. I said, OK, cool. I said, uh, what's that machine over there? It's been there for a while. We never use it. He says, uh, T-shirt making machine. I said, T-shirt making machine. What is, what? He said, it puts images on T-shirts. I said, oh, OK. So. I said, what you want for it? He said, take it. I said, take it where? He said, take it home. And then before he could leave, I got this machine up. I'm going to the car, right? So I get home and that night I'm with my wife. I'm in the bed. I don't know anything. I don't even know that it's called a heat press machine at the time. I just put type in t-shirt making machine. So, so up pops on YouTube, all of these different machines. And I'm looking, I'm looking. I see the one that I have. 
So I click on it. I see the guy making these T-shirts and he's talking about the money, this, that, and the third. I turn to my wife. I said, they gave me a gold mine. I didn't know anything about business, didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I just started learning, going to people, taking courses, uh, and I learned how to make it. And I walked away from the job last year in a pandemic, <laughs> which was a great thing. And, um, and on that same journey, uh, we started podcasting with 10 Minutes of Truth because we felt we had something to say. We felt the world had something to say. And here we are today with a lovely lady like yourself. I, my mouth was like open the whole time. <laughs> I, um, I, I, first of all, I can. That's a lot. You, That's a lot to digest. It, it is. It is. But so I, you're telling me your story about while you were serving your time. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, holy crap, for you to keep that mindset of I'm going to be better, I'm going to do better is huge because my daughter is actually a corrections officer in an all-male prison and she works with, well, she sees all the, all the different kinds of inmates every day yes. and a lot of them stopped caring. And so they continue to... Um, do things that add on to their time. And it's heartbreaking to me because I, I feel bad, you know, as just a compassionate part of me, I, regardless of why they're in, my heart goes out to them because something got them to that place. And yeah. then they just gave up hope. Yeah. And that hurts me um, because you, you hope that they learn something. You hope that they want to be better, but they just, they stopped caring. And so you, uh, you just kept going and, and I don't know how you did it. Cause I can't imagine. Um, but then you get out and you continue to show up. Um, a lot of people don't do that regardless if they have kids or not. They just, they just stop. They're just, they're just done. And, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just like, holy, I, I'm just shocked. I'm so, I'm right? so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> to add to what you were just speaking about the two part, the giving up part, the reason that a individual gives up in pre prison, um, not the prison's fault, uh, not society's fault, um, for one, you need a support system. I had a great support system, still have a great support system with my family and the few friends that may go with you. It's not going to be a lot of people. You will find out who is who very quickly. But it starts with you. It starts with taking the accountability and wanting more. Uh, I'll tell you a story briefly. How with the, I knew instantly where the change happened for me. I was at this one place. And it was uh, it was probably uh, 115 degrees in the sail. Right. The, the paint was peeling off the walls. It was so hot. And I'm looking out this little window, this little bitty window, and I'm seeing the vapor come off of the concrete. I mean, it was so hot. You didn't want to think you didn't want to move real fast. You didn't want to do any of those things. Right. So I'm looking at the vapor coming off of the concrete. And my mind just went way out into the galaxy. And I thought about the Milky Way. Then I came back in and I thought about the galaxy. And then I thought about the earth. And then I thought about 
the United States. And then I thought about uh, 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 where I was at as far as my state. And then I thought about the building I was in. And then I thought about the sale I was in. And I said, as big as this world is, I can't get out of here. And I only have one life to live. I was like, I don't want to live like this no more. You know, and it's a lot of guys that don't get a second chance. Um, and, and, you know, reform, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a big avocation for me because it's a lot of men and women that are trapped in prison that will never come home again. And they deserve a second chance. All I wanted was a second chance. You know, so second chances, they do work. And this is why we work so hard at being better every single day to, so that people, they don't look at me as, oh, that's the guy that went to prison. Oh, that's the convict. Oh, that's, no, that's Sean Barksdale. He has done such and such. Oh, he's so active in the community. Oh, he does this with the kids. He's, you know, X, Y, and Z. So that's our drive. No, I love that you're leaving a legacy and you're showing your daughter that, you know, we all make mistakes. We pay yes. for them, but you don't need to live in that in that dark place. But I'm sure you've had moments, right, while you yeah. were there that were just like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> I, I was telling my uh, my business partner and um, tech and engineer guy about a story from prison um i have seen some heinous things in prison i've seen some great things in prison because it's a smaller world uh, but the trauma and the the emotional side it is it, it is it is toiling you know it takes a toll on you a lot of times and if you don't know how to get help where to get help or think that it's important to get help it'll you a lot of people die there they don't die physically. They really die mentally or spiritually because, uh, you know, going back to what you said earlier, they just give up. They say, you know, man, I got 25 years to do. I didn't have anybody but my grandmother. She died two years ago. I don't have anything. Everything in this world that I love is gone. And if you don't know how to pull yourself out of that dark place and go to the proper people to help pull you out of that dark place, you'll stay there and you, you'll really you know, it, it could be very dangerous. How did you learn to do that? And I asked because, I mean, I was raised Catholic, went right. to Catholic school, used to go to church, but there was many, there was a period of time in my life, years, right. where I was so mad at him. Right. And I was just like, why is this happening to me? And, and I didn't know how to get back until I had to go through something traumatic and it doesn't have to be that way. So how did right. you, how did you find that place? Um, first faith. Um, I grew up in the church, right? I grew up uh, 21 years, um, I baptized, you know, these great grandparents, they, they had me, you know, I, I, in the church and I was staunch in the church. I had a lot of questions and then I became very rebellious as I grew up. And uh, one thing that people don't know is that the word penitentiary comes from the word penitent, which means one who is in the act of uh, asking for repentance. And that's what before it became this global conglomerate that it is and, and a money machine that it is today. You know, they would take you, throw you in a in a hole and throw a Bible in there and say, listen, repent for, you know, X, Y, and Z that you've done. And 
I say that to say prison is full of religions, right? All types of religions that you will have to learn, you have to respect. And I ended up becoming a Muslim in the Islamic faith. And inside of me doing that, it taught me what I already knew uh, early on was structure, foundational principles and values that I could use on a day to day basis that could guide me through. So as I started to do that, I started to say, OK, because I, I, and that I didn't know what a goal was. I'll tell you how I um, and I told uh, uh, Lisa this as well in, in, in her book. I didn't know how to fulfill a goal, you know, in the community that I came from. It's easy to say, oh, I want to be a fireman. But no one says, OK, well, you, you first you got to graduate and then you have to do this. Then you have to do that. You got to, you know, be physically fit. Nobody taught us how to fulfill a goal. The first time I fulfilled a goal was I've gotten all this time. I'm sitting on my cell floor. I got a pen and a pad and I start to write down my goals. OK, I want to be a better father. I want to get my GED. I want to do this. I want to do that. But still, it wasn't realistic. It wasn't until I realized I have to pray five times a day. OK, and I would miss because I'm new in the religion. I would miss some of those prayers. I'm watching TV sometime. I'm like, man, I don't want to miss this show because, it, you know, the faith hadn't built in me yet. Right. So I just woke up one day. I said, OK, Sean, this is what you're going to do today. We don't know about tomorrow. Don't know if you even be alive, but today we're going to make all five of your prayers, right? I prayed in the morning. I prayed in the afternoon, the evening, and, 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 and that night. The next day I got up and then I said, do it again. I got up. I said, do it again. And the next thing I knew it was a whole week it went by. And the next thing I knew, a month it went by. Then six months it went by. Then a year it went by. Then two years and five years. I've been Muslim 20 years. I haven't missed a prayer. Don't know if any of them have been accepted, but I haven't missed one. That's when it clicked for me inside the 30 days that this is how a goal, a goal is a, a daily thing. That's a minute and second thing that you carry on and on and you be consistent in and it will build more. It's like a muscle. The more that you build around what it is that you're consistent about, that you believe in and you move on. So that guided me towards being able to, to get a GD go to college, take these courses, be a better person, work on being a father. So that's how I, I put myself out of a dog place. And I had somewhere when I went back into, because just because you find yourself coming out of a dog place, you can slip back in it. It's just life. We know that for ourselves. But what happens is if you have that foundational structure and you have components uh, for yourself, because I just recently started going to therapy because of an incident that happened and you know, I'm 45 and I just started, it's not too late. You know, it's, it's, it's not too early for a person to start going to therapy and getting that proper help. So that's what we did. You're, you're so right. I'm so glad you said that. And you yes. don't even look 45. I thought you were like 30. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Prison help preserve me. Thank God. Well, I was like, dang, you're 45? I'm 46. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you do. You, you don't look that age either, so we're good. <laughs> we're doing something right. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think it's the faith, though, that's making us young yes. again. It's yes, not all that stress and yes. 
Uh, I mean, like you said, we're going to have our days, but it is not too late to get therapy. Yes. Oh, never. Yes. Never. It has opened so many doors for me. Absolutely. And I, and I think we just, we need to continue to tell people that, you know, this shirt, everybody, my podcast is 10 minutes of truth. And once I started going to therapy, um, I developed because I have this t-shirt business It's called check on me. I, you know, we, we check in a lot of times Annette, for frivolous things, or we don't check on people at all because we see them on social media. We automatically think that they're okay. So I started a, a mental health wellness check where I just, you know, contact my family members, contact people that I may have not contacted. I'll be doing it with you now. You know, just contact you and say, hey, mental wellness check. How you doing? You know, sometimes a person be like, well, you know, had a rough one yesterday, but I'm feeling better. Thanks for checking on me, though, because sometimes it's just that checking on a person, a person knowing that you are thinking about them in that moment, that it could pull them out of something. You're so right. And I think it's hard because sometimes there'll be that mass copy paste on Facebook. Yes, yes, And not a lot of people want to comment. That's right. That's right. Not a lot of people want to share it. That's right. They just want to keep it inside. But I do this with one of my high school friends. She, um, gosh, well, we've been friends since 92. Um, We we continue to text and every once in a while we'll just say, hey, you know, how's it going? And, And it makes really, it just really makes a difference because it's almost like that the conversation started that you don't want to put all over the place. Right. Um, and you just be like, you know what? This life sucks right now. It's it, just does. it does. It does. <laughs> it does. I, I can't reach my therapist right now. Right. You, you know, you go through so many different therapists that right. until you find the right one. That's right. And right. I, and I think that that's one of the problems out there is that we don't know who to find or we're afraid. Right. Mm. And how did you, how did you find the right one? How did you, yeah. Right now, uh, because it's, it's so, that journey is so early for me and uh, I'm a social butterfly. I can, I know how to talk, <laughs> you know, I, um I'm, I'm learning my therapist as she is learning me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, cause my daughter went to therapy early on and she didn't jail with her, first therapist, mm-hmm. right? I jailed with mine because one of the things that we have to understand with therapy is you have to invite it in. You have to, you know, in my community, um, because of how we grew up and saying, uh, and I, and, and on my YouTube channel, I made a video talking about, you know, when I first started going to therapy and I was like, you know, my therapist asked a question. I was like, mm, I'm not going to answer that when you sound like the police, you know, <laughs> so because <laughs> so, <laughs> that's our mindset. Right. So that changing fact, I was like, no, Sean, answer that question. Answer that question as truthfully as you can and invite that in. And when I did that, it allowed us to connect in a way that 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 she could actually give me something to help me, you know, give me a thought process that I could start using that day. Okay, well, Sean, this is what I I would like for you to do. Start writing down this type of thought that you have in that moment where if I would have just shut down and said, "Mm, I ain't going to answer that one. Not right now. I don't know you well enough to answer that. You know, so I think that you have to be inviting. If you're inviting enough and if they meet you, you know, because your therapist has to meet you where you are. 
right? Wherever you are, they have to meet you. And once they meet you, wherever you are, then you'll see if it's a fit. If it's not, then, you know, no hard feelings, but I have to keep on with my particular journey because that's a part of therapy is the 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 mental wellness of, and, and the self-preservation of, okay, I want to heal. I want to get better. This is what I have to do to do it. I love that you said we have to invite them in because yes. I'm I'm a very stubborn person. So yeah. when I <laughs> right. try to get therapy, I was already closed off. Like right. she didn't help me. She's right. not gonna get it. So I don't yep. even I would go there and I would just sit there already angry. Like right. she's exactly. not gonna help me. Exactly. And exactly. once <laughs> once I had once I got into the mindset of okay, like I, this really needs to happen. Yes. Um, I need to be able to answer because if you hold things back and you don't sure. let it, let them know about it, it's just going to, it's going to eat you up. And, and yeah, I had, I had to learn that. And then this was just, I don't know how many therapists I've been through, but uh, I finally, I think I finally just matured and grew mm. up. Mm. <laughs> and that's hard because we, we are set in our ways now that yes. we're in our 40s. Right. And we're just yes. like, nope. Right. Like, um, mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> nope. How? So now, how old is your daughter? My oldest daughter is 19. She'll be 20 this year. She's uh, um, in her second year of college. VCU Rams. Awesome. That's so awesome. How did you have the conversation with her um, about everything that happened with you and how you. Oh, wow. How did you um, how you decided to choose how to live now. And then right. I asked that because my daughter and I, um, she's 21 and we actually did a podcast together a few weeks ago and mm. she let it all out. Mm. And that was hard to hear. Right. But right. I wanted to give her that space to be able to go look. Yep. Life sucked with you. Right. But I'm glad that you have chosen to talk about it. So how was that? How is that with you? Um, I, well, firstly, I'll say she was my very first guest on the 10 Minutes of Truth podcast. Very first guest. And it was therapeutic for the both of us. And that because I asked questions that I had never asked before and that she had never had to think about before. And to hear her, you know, candidly just bring off um, how she felt about me. You know, some of the pain, some of the angers that she had because of me being in that situation, her really losing her childhood weekends because my mother, I'm an only child. My mother loves her only child, no matter what I did. So she's coming to wherever and she's dragging my daughter along. You're going to see your father. You're going to see your father. Right. And I I can never repay her for that. But my daughter's, you know, she grew up with me there. So she's six, seven, eight. She want to be with her friends on a Saturday, nice evening. And she like, Daddy, I had to come see you. You know, (laughs) like I wanted to be with my friends, you know, and I'm like, you know, I would say that was selfish, you know, (laughs) and whatnot. So to have that conversation, it opened a can of worms, but it opened up some therapy for us. So I remember one of the questions that you asked was I remember the first time I had to tell her where I was because she thought I was in school. Right. So she was around six, seven years old. And my mother, I call my mother one day and she says, 
Sean, you're going to have to, and my daughter's name is Asia. She said, you're going to have to talk to Asia. I was like, what's going on? She's like, um, you know, she thinks that you are in school. So she wasn't a liar. I did turn it into school, but I had to let her know, right? Because, you know, friends teasing, your daddy in jail. You know, they all let you know how that is, right? So I, I graduated from one of the trades, uh, cap and gown, March, I mean, real ceremony, the whole nine. And I said, bring up here to graduation. So uh, they come up, we graduate, me and her, I take her off to the side. She's sitting there. And I said, hey, baby, I said, uh, do you know where I'm at? She puts her head down. She said, I said, where am I? She said, school. I said, yes, I am in a form of school, but I'm not in school. I say those uh, those um, fences that you come through um, in jail and uh, daddy did some things. But as you can see yourself, daddy has changed and he's changing. I didn't want to make you into a liar. So I'm going to continue to get my education. So you can say my daddy is in school. It's just a different school. And we went from there and we've been, you know, she has, you know, uh, 4.0 average. She's a great young lady. And I've learned so much from her with being truthful. That's why we named it 10 Minutes of Truth, you know, and I had to have her on first to tell her story. And she told a phenomenal story. Oh, my God. That's just, that's amazing. It I, is. I'm sure it, it was difficult, but I love that you had her on. I think that having our conversations with our children is so important. I grew Pleasure. up, Pleasure. I grew up with, we'll tell you when you're older. It was always, we'll tell you when you're older. <sighs> Man, man, and that was so detrimental to us. It that was. was it was so detrimental. I tell you, when you're older, you're looking and because when you when you you think back to when you first started remembering things, you were very young and you like, okay, I ain't no dummy, you know. I'm seeing this. <laughs> it's in front of my. I don't understand it, but I see it. Yeah. So what is it? Ah, don't worry about it. You're a kid. We'll tell you later. We'll yeah. tell you when you're older. You know. And, and nowadays you right? have to tell them in a certain, you know, there's always a time and a place, but you have to explain it to them somehow. Cause somebody else will, yeah. <laughs> if you don't. And the worst way. In right? the worst way. Absolutely. And, and that's absolutely. just not, and they, you, they need to hear it from you first, not from somebody else. Absolutely. I remember her sitting with me in a visiting room one time and you know, you know yourself having children, they get that age, you know, your grandparents, they were there, they smell in their cell, you know, that's what they used to call it. <laughs> and she was, you know, going through her ups and downs, acting out, parents not being there, of course. And, you know, her and my, cause my mother ended up adopting my daughter, which was one of the best things that happened for my mother and her, because my mother had a second chance at getting it right. But inside of that, I remember sitting with her one day and she's, I said, I said, Asia, listen, I said, this is one of the most genuine things I'll ever be able to tell you. I said, there is becoming a time that you're going to feel like nobody's going to understand you, not me, your mother, your grandmother. Nobody's going to understand you, but maybe some young man, because he's going to know how to articulate himself to a point that you will think that he got you all the way nailed down. He knows everything that you are going through and you need. I said that may happen to you. 
right? And he may be genuine. He may not. But have someone that you can talk to about your problems that are not going to just lead you in the wrong direction. That's the best thing that I can say. Because you're not, as your father, you're not going to want to go come to me with everything. You're not going to come to your mother with, you know, um, someone. And, and hopefully you can because her and my mother, they really had that, that relationship and they formed that relationship. But a lot of times kids don't have that where they feel like, yo, somebody offered me appeal today. And... I can't go to my mother with that. You know, she can bite my head off. Well, what you doing? You know, and how do you know? You know, because it, it, I, I, I actually told her, I said, I'm not going to be that parent that punishes you for telling the truth. You know, we get in trouble for telling lies because that's one of the things that happened with me. That old school, I tell the truth. I get a whooping. I'm like, I'm not going to tell the truth anymore. <laughs> I got beat. <laughs> So, so we formulate those things. So, yeah, that 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 was that was real pivotal for us as well, being able to have that type of dialogue and communication. I think it's just so important and it's just so lost, you know, yes. it's still such a difficult thing to have now. But it is. I swore I didn't want to do that. Right. Um, Yes, yeah, so, but it's still hard. Oh my gosh! It's oh, tough. it's 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 a it, we bump heads still now. We have a great relationship. Not a um, I would say, uh, not the greatest all the time mm-hmm. because of certain factors. You know, we we you know we have moved with forgiveness. She has forgiven me, and she is one of my uh, real strides and push that I have in my back to do better and better every day because of that time. I know I couldn't make up for that time, but I was like, okay, the rest of the time that the rest of the time that we have on this earth, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something phenomenal, you know? Right. So that's what we've been doing. No. And I think that's great. Cause you know what? We always say it They'll They'll remember it when they're older. They'll yeah. appreciate it then. Yeah. And she'll be able to look back and say, yeah, my dad did this, but yeah. this is, you know, and so yeah, you're you're leaving that legacy for her to Correct. to uh, to learn and grow, and and I think it's so important no matter what we do. I I, I remember having to finally um, come to terms with the things that I did to my children, and I finally had to say I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't That's know. Right. I'm but. I'm trying to do better. And this is why I do what I do. So I think that's one of the most important things. Parents, there's a lot of parents out there who don't know how to have that conversation or just avoid it altogether. That's right. And and so we can't do that. That's right. Um, One of the things that um, I wanted to go back on that I think is really great is the chance you had to work on a trade while you were there. I remember being stationed at Fort Leavenworth. Then we got to visit the, uh, Leavenworth prison and um, just hearing about all the things that were offered to them to work on. And I thought it was just, uh, thought it was really great because, you know, I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't speak from experience being in there and not having anything to do, but being able to leave there with a skill, I think is so I think it's is great. I, it, I think, is. it is. It uh, is. And to just speak to that. And this is something that we do now. You know, I have had uh, lawyers. I have had senators on uh, the podcast, on our podcast, 10 Minutes of Truth, because 
And that's something that I, I spoke very, very passionately about is having a skill set, having a skill set, because and I'll tell you why. A skill saved my life and it also gave me a living because I said to myself, OK, Sean, you may go out here and because you have that 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 felony on your record, someone may be leery of you. They may not want to hire you. They may not know that you've changed. They may look at a piece of paper and say, nah, we're just not going to take that chance. Right. So I said, OK, you may have to work for yourself. You may have to have some type of skill set that you can take and better the community with. So I took all types of trades. I went to when I first the first place I worked at was uh, uh, Burger King when I came home. I said in uh, in in, in uh, Lisa's book, <laughs> Disrupt Your Nail, I worked at Burger King like I worked at a five star restaurant. You know, I was, I, you know, I was making burgers like I was making uh, a filet mignon <laughs> at Burger King. Right. But I knew that I had skills, that I had acquired skills, not only in because I took every time like, I just made a TikTok on some of the the. Uh, programs that we had completed. And I just, you know, I'm flipping through all of these certificates that we've we, on communication and, you know, uh, uh, parenthood and um, uh, uh, breaking barriers and all of these things and all of these skills to be able to allow people to first be inviting and let me into their world to say, okay, change, change is real. You can change. You really can change. And you really can have a real skill set that can, because you know yourself with podcasts and podcasting is a skill. You have to, now some podcasts, of course, and we're not, not knocking anybody. You can just jump up and say whatever you want. And there will be somebody that listen to it. But when you want to get a message that will help and not harm, you have to have a skill in that. You have to be able to communicate. Like you said earlier, you know, it's been over a year that we've been trying to do this and put this together. Right. So you have to be able to say, OK, didn't work that time. The, you know, let's reach out. Let's try to see if we could put this together and do this. So skills are very important. And that skill set, like I said, it 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 has provided for me and, and my family. So, you know, have and I tell everybody in there, I tell guys and women in prison, don't just take any skill. Take something that even if you didn't make a dime from it, you could do it the rest of your life. And that's what I did. I took I took. Uh, trades and things that I liked doing, that I loved doing, and that you know would bring value not only to myself but to the to the, to the community. That is so great. Gosh, I you know I even now I'm sitting here thinking I take things for granted. I mm. I have a I have a freaking uh cricket machine and a oh wow and a heat press sitting in the other room I haven't even touched. Oh, well, don't worry. We're about to we're about to start the classes teaching. So we, we will definitely be able to teach you how to put that, you know, because honestly, one thing, you, you know, when you can become your own walking billboard and tell your story. A lot of times when people read, you know, the back of my shirt says, uh, don't suffer in silence. Right. That's the when, when a person sees that they'll come to you and say, hey, man. You know, what's 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 going on, you know, with that with your shirt? What's going on? You know, it, it, just here, right here, we have on the back. Don't suffer in silence, right? It's a conversational piece when you can walk in, because a lot of people just from a distance, they're gonna say, uh, what you what is that shirt? Say, what's that going? Oh wow, check on me. 
hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, I, that has happened to me in the grocery store and I have gained conversations, you know, and checkout lines and been able to tell what it is that I do, where I come from and just learn people because that's what makes a better society. And that is when, you know, God put us here not to hate one another, but to learn one another. Don't matter what shape, color, size, right? The more different you are, I've learned, the more fascinated I am that I want to learn, okay, well, what is your culture about? You know, what is it, you know, what your area that you live in right now is totally different from Virginia, you know, weather-wise, you know, you go, well, listen, this is blizzard going on out here, <laughs> you know, just to, you know, just generationally. So I, I feel that it's very important to have those skills and utilize everything God has given us when it comes to uh, producing our skills and giving our skills. No, it's so true. It is so true. And I can't wait to take a class from you. I'm going to need one of your shirts because I always, I always talk about when I talk about my mission, I always say invisible wounds and suffering and silence. Yes. You may look like you're okay on the outside, but it's in the inside that people forget. That's right. They forget all the time. They don't know. Just, you know, when they say disability, you're like, there's nothing wrong with you. I have started listening and following your podcast, this podcast. It is phenomenal. The things, the people that you have had on, the way people open up. So this is, you know, and thank you for your service as well. But this is, you know, you're continuing to do service as a veteran, you know. And so I thank you. Thank you for having us. But thank you for, you know, giving the uh, people that thought they were voiceless a lot of us think that we're voiceless and these platforms give us a voice. So thank you. Thank you for saying, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. There's um, I think that's what we need with your 10 minutes of truth. And then with my, the truths we hide, cause we right. know. <laughs> right. Right. We know right. How it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it's uh, wonderful that, we have people like you out there Thank and you. that we continue to work Thank you. towards something, even though we've been through hell and back. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's mm-hmm. direly important. Mm-hmm. We need to provide hope to people. So, um, I, no, I, I, I thank you. I'm so glad that you, that you didn't give up on me. And oh no. Oh patience. no. <laughs> as much as Lisa talked about uh, about you and like I said just you know reading a little bit about your story in the book um it's just it's just fascinating the things that we come from and when you don't even think that you have the courage and you know when you find that courage and you find out like I can do this and that's that you know that's something that you know that the honor that I saw you never even meeting you was like, that takes a lot of courage to put our lives out there like that and wear our hearts on our sleeves for people that don't know us that will judge us, whether good or bad. And we say, it doesn't matter. I got to keep going. So yeah, it's, 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 it's just a phenomenal thing that, that, that your platform is doing. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. (laughs) Absolutely. I I, I do want to say this. I made a commitment I made a commitment uh, this year that I wanted to be on. It started out, I wanted to be on 100 podcasts, right? And then I realized, like, okay, that is something doable, but I don't just want to be on anybody's podcast, you know? <laughs> so, right. So, I, I, 
I wanted to be on um, people's podcasts that had value that could add to me that I could add to. So I would love for you to guide me in the direction of whose podcast could I be on next? Yes, absolutely. Well, we will, um, we will definitely get you there. Have you you been on Richard Kaufman's? No, I have not. We will. T- I'm giving a shout out to Richard Kaufman, the uh, vertical momentum. Coming, Rich. <laughs> he is um, such a kind-hearted man. Oh, wow, beautiful. Uh, you know, I think he's been sober 30 years now, oh, and wow. just yeah, just the story. It, it's incredible. So we, yes, we will get you. Oh wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Sobriety is beautiful. I, I I just recently celebrated 15 years, <sighs> drug and alcohol free. Oh my gosh, we didn't talk about years. that. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank that's you. Thank you. That that that's a key part too of success and continuing on the path. You know, it get as we say, it gets dark during those days, but you have to have those fundamental pieces. You have to have those phone calls you can make and say, Hey, um, not feeling too good today. Right. And 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 that's where that therapist comes in at. That's where family friends that are genuine come in at when you have those those darker days and say that ain't gonna that's that, that's not gonna help you brother you know let's do something else come on over and talk let's just sit on the phone vent get it out you know that's what we need so and and that's the check on me part right that's the check on me part that is such i think as we get older our um the amount of friends we have is no longer important. You don't need to have 500 friends. You don't need mm-hmm. to have followers and all that stuff is great. But to have that circle, that few that really that you can reach out to during your dark times. Yes. I think that's one of the most important things that you could ever yes. have friends in the family. And I've, I've learned that, you know, even with you, you were saying when we share our story and you'll get backlash and you'll get criticized and you'll lose friends, you know, and that's hard, but then you realize it's okay because I need to keep going to save someone else's life. And those that will remain here will be here for a reason. And that's really all that matters. So, um, yeah, it's so important. I'm so glad you had that. That is huge. That is so huge. I, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, we could talk about mine another time, but I'm so proud of you. Thank and you. I'm so Thank glad you. you're Thank still you. here. So. Thank you. That, 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 uh, yeah, and, and, and just closing, because um, of course, you're about to be on my podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, it, relationships. I think podcasts and what it does is it allows people to come together, share like stories or unlike stories, and it, it gives us relationships because that's where the wealth is at in this right here. You know, the relationships that we can carry on and continue to help each other you know, grow and, and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, I, I think that this is the beginning of a very healthy relationship between us. They get, you know, God, God is good or whatever, you know, Absolutely. you believe in the Absolutely. higher power, I think is good. And he does yes. it for a reason. So correct. Correct. It's here. How can people contact you? Because you have so many maybe things going on. Oh, wow. Um, first and foremost, you could contact uh, me at um, uh, my day job is press for time t p r e s s the number four time t i m e t's t e s 
Uh.com. That is for every social media platform. Um, you also, if you want to listen to the podcast, uh, donate, um, uh, be a part of, you can go to 10 minutes of truth with Sean, a Barksdale.com. And, uh, yeah, we're on, we're on everything. We're trying to be everywhere, man, to get this message out. Absolutely. Well, we will share these, uh, send me those links. We'll, we will Thank share you. this in the, in the notes. And Thank if you're you. watching on YouTube, it'll be on there and on Facebook, uh, we will, we will add everything on. So thank you so much again. Thank um, you. Now it's time for me to be on your show. So we're going to get out of here. <laughs> and we will talk to you soon. But uh, again, thank you so much. It's, thank it, you so much for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. All right.